Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Parade and Tells a Scary Story. I am just so excited that so many of y'all, and by so many, I mean like five, tuned in to our first part. I'm so excited to continue this story and especially read this part today. It just gets absolutely terrifying. I really hope you guys enjoy. Sit back, relax, get ready to be spooked. Wow. I figured a few people would be interested in this stuff, but I was not expecting such an overwhelming response. All right, so first off, I looked through some files at work yesterday and I found plenty of papers signed by GM1 Roberts or Lieutenant Burke and some even signed by GM3 Fredrickson. There was also some memoranda and range score sheets and stuff mentioning them, so I know they're real people and they really worked in my shop. I asked my GM1 about them and he says he met GM1 Roberts, but Fredrickson had already left by the time he reported here. I even tried looking up Fredrickson in the global address list, which is a database of everyone's Coast Guard email addresses, but I couldn't find him, which means he's probably not in the Coast Guard anymore. Now, on to the next set of journal entries. Guys, it looks like really weird things started happening for Fredrickson around February. I'm worried for him. I mean, I know that he's long since moved away from here and that this is, this is over for him now, but I'm worried about what I'm going to find out. And I'm sort of worried for myself too. Living in the building where this crazy stuff took place. As with my last upload, any notes or explanations I add to the text will be in brackets. January 25th, 2012. Last night, I was woken up at around midnight by my phone ringing. There was a SAR case, and the ready aircraft was returning to base for fuel, and they wanted me to come restock their flares before they departed again. They ended up saving a, a bunch of fishermen and even their dog. But I saw him, again, while I was scraping ice off my truck. I started the engine to let it warm up, and then I started scraping the windshield when I heard footsteps. I turned around, and, and, and there he was, coming around the side of the building and walking straight toward me. Like always, I, I, I couldn't see him that well, but I just knew it was him. I just knew. It only cleaned off a small section of the windshield, and I haven't even touched the other windows, but I said fuck it, and jumped in and drove off. When I got to the stop sign at the edge of the parking lot, my engine died. I hadn't let it warm up all the way. I, I tried to look in the mirror to see how close he was, but I couldn't see through the ice. I got the truck started back up, but right as I hit the gas, I heard this wham against the back window. I almost crashed, turning out of the lot. I was so scared. After I restocked the plane, I wanted to just sleep in my car in the air station parking lot, but it was too damn cold. I would have frozen to death. I had to go back to the barracks. When I got there, he was gone, but I know he'll be back.
and I know that I'm stuck here with him. January 29th, 2012. I've seen or heard him every night since Tuesday. He's all I think about anymore. Every night he stomps around the hallways or knocks on my door or stares at me when I go outside. I haven't been going outside. I haven't been smoking much. I dream about him. I went to the MAA, the master at arms, the guy in charge of the barracks, and he... I told him everything that's been happening, but of course he doesn't believe me. He says it's, it's not against the rules to walk around outside or around the hallways, and as far as the ding-dong ditching, there's nothing he can do if he doesn't know who's doing it. This is why I didn't talk to him until now, because I knew he wouldn't do anything. You have to be here, or you have to see it, or you have to hear it to realize something's up. Last night I couldn't sleep, and I lay there for a long time, and then I looked around the room and I saw two shadows, like feet in the light coming under the door. It was him. It was one in the morning, it had to be him. He was just standing there. And I stared at his shadow while he just stood there for two hours and then he just walked away. I wanna leave. I don't want to live here anymore, but you can't move out unless the barracks are full, and they're not. What am I going to do? 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 January 31st, 2012. He's out there. Right now. I can see his shadow through the crack under the door again. He is out there right now. Okay. He left February 14th, 2012. He only comes at night. The days are starting to get longer. I'm starting to be able to go outside after work as long as it's light. Summer cannot come fast enough. I used to like the snow. February 18th, 2012. I heard a sound in the bathroom. No door opening or water running, just a soft sound, like a footstep. Then I heard my bathroom door move, just a little. Not the doorknob, but the door itself, like someone was leaning against it to listen. I went over to the door and put my own ear against it. I could hear breathing. After a while, my leg felt uncomfortable, so I shifted my weight around a little. And I heard a sound like something sliding on the carpet. 
I looked down and jumped back away from the door faster than I thought possible. The crack between the door and the floor can't be more than a quarter inch tall, but there was a full-grown fucking arm sticking out of it, all the way up to about an inch past the elbow. It was this disgusting, mottled, bluish-gray or, or grayish-blue and had all these whitish warts or pimples or something. No hair. Five fingers with filthy dark nails, and it was just like groping around, feeling around like when you drop something under a desk. But I think it was feeling for my feet. I, I was so terrified I, I couldn't even scream. My first instinct was, was to stomp on it as hard as I could, but I stopped myself. I knew. I just knew that the second my bare foot touched that dirty, squishy arm, it would grab my leg and yank me into the bathroom through that crack under the door, and that would be it for me. So I just watched it, pressed back against the armoire, sweating. It groped around on the carpet for a long time, sliding left and right, padding around, looking for me. It was the size of a normal adult human arm. The elbow and wrist and fingers looked like they had bones in him, but right at the point where it stuck out from under the door, it was like pinched or squished or like kinked in order to fit through. After a while, I guess it decided that it wasn't going to reach me because it flipped over palm facing up and started to reach upwards toward the doorknob. It couldn't reach, but it tried, squeezing a few more inches of its arm through the narrow crack. Finally, I came to my senses and grabbed the broom. I smashed the end of it against the bony wrist as hard as I could, but the arm didn't even flinch. So I hit it again. After two or three hits, the hand turned and slapped the broomstick away, then went back to reaching for the doorknob. I hit it again, and the arm twisted around, grabbed the broomstick, then shoved hard and slammed the broom into my chest, knocking me back into the armoire so hard it knocked the wind out of me. Then it let go of the broom and slid back under the door, squishing down to size as it passed through the crack. I now know that I am well and truly fucked. February 20th, 2012. I can't run. I can't move out of the barracks because they're not full. I can't transfer to a unit off the island because moving me back to the lower 48 would be too expensive for the government. I can't just abandon my post and run away because then it wouldn't have to find me. The U.S. Marshals would track me down for it. I am trapped here with a monster. February 25th, 2012. It won't quit. It stomps around. It waits at my door. 
Yesterday morning, I found the words, I see you, written in the snow on my truck, and when I turned around, it was watching me from over by the shed. I realize it's had dozens of opportunities to get me. Every morning when I go out to my truck, every morning when I take a shower, every time I go upstairs to the kitchen, it can catch me and kill me whenever it wants. It's just fucking with me, and there's nothing I can do about it. I can't even keep a gun in my room because weapons aren't allowed in the barracks. I am totally at its mercy, and we both know it. February 29th, 2012. I finally got a good look at it. I wish I hadn't. I wish I had never joined the Coast Guard. I wish I still lived at home with my mom and worked at Best Buy and my biggest problem was saving up enough money to go on a road trip with my friends. I was watching a movie and it knocked on the window. I knew it was it. The thing, because it is the only thing that comes to visit me. I ignored it at first, but it knocked again and again and again until it was just knock, 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 knock. I knew I didn't want to open the curtains, but I couldn't stop myself. I expected it to be gone when I did open it. That's the way it goes. It makes noise and then runs off, but it was there. It was there. It was standing there, with its face pressed up against the glass, staring right into my eyes. Its whole body was covered in that same hairless gray-blue mottled mess of skin as its arms. It was bald, had no nose or ears or nipples or belly button or dick or balls, two arms, two legs, but the worst part was the eyes and the teeth. They were so ordinary, human, a perfectly straight, white set of teeth under two normal blue human eyes, twisted into an expression of hatred so intense that I'm sure it's only a matter of time. It's going to come for me eventually. It wanted me to see it. We just stood there looking at each other for maybe a minute, my breath coming out in pants and gasped, its breath coming out calmly and evenly and fogging up the window. Then it just turned and walked away. Now that I've seen it, I'm sure of two things. One, it is not a human being. Two, 
I can't go to anyone for help. No one will ever believe me. If I had a normal job, I could just go. Just get in the car and go and never look back, but I can't do that. The government will find me. I'm stuck here. Waiting. March 2nd, 2012. I didn't see or hear it all last night. Somehow, this worries me even more than if I had. March 3rd, 2012. I was right to be worried. I have to replace a few signs at work. I took pictures of them with my phone so I could put them back in the right place. When I went to look at the pictures, I found a video taken on March 1st. I didn't take it. At first, I, I couldn't tell what it was. It was dark and there was a rhythmic rumbling noise. Then the phone moved a little and I could see it auto adjust for the darkness. It was a barracks room. I could barely make it out, but I recognized the bed in the middle of the frame, the window on the right and the armoire on the left. Someone was sleeping on the bed. That was the noise. They were snoring. The phone got a little closer. With the window out of the frame, it adjusted again for the darkness and I could see a little better. It was a man in the bed. I could tell by the haircut. After a, a few seconds, the man rolled over in his sleep and I got a look at his face. At my face. It was a video of me sleeping, taken from inside my room, right next to my bed. It had always bothered me outside my room, so I just assumed it couldn't get in. I assumed I was safe. It knew that. It probably did things the way it did so that I would think that. And it took this video with my phone just to show me that I was wrong. That it can get in whenever it wants to without even waking me and it wants me to know that. That must be why it showed me its face. So I wouldn't go to the police. This thing has been playing a fucking game with me this whole time. And it's winning. After the 3rd of March, he stops mentioning encounters with the thing. The next few entries are sporadic and mostly say stuff like, haven't seen it in a week. What is it up to? Then around mid-April, he starts making 
regular journal entries about regular stuff again. Talking about work, hunting, and fishing trips, and so on. Every once in a while he mentions the thing, but only in passing, like, I'm glad that thing seems to have disappeared. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep reading and see if he mentions any more run-ins with it. I'm not working this weekend, so I'll be able to post again tomorrow if there's anything worth posting in there. I'll also let you know if any of my own detective work turns up anything. Let me know what you think about this man or monster or whatever. I've never heard of anything like this before. Well, 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 that wraps us up for part two of I Found a Notebook in My Barracks Room. I had a really great time reading for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked that this one was a little bit scarier than last time. Part three is just as crazy, just as spooky, and wraps up our story in the best, scariest, and strangest way possible. I hope you guys really enjoyed it, genuinely. Make sure you drink some water, get some rest, eat some food, and have a great rest of your day or your night. I'll see you guys soon.